Good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. Give yourself a round of applause. We've made it to Friday, and you know what that means. Yeah, you get you get to celebrate a little bit. Take a couple fingers of Jack, put it in the coffee. How you doing? Of oh, what a what a great week. Happy Valentine's Day to to all the lovebirds out there. Uh, it's something my wife and I. We are uh, we're not doing anything tonight, and we normally don't. We we I don't know. We we're not big on the crowds, I guess. Uh, but on Sunday, we're gonna take a, a cooking class together, so that it's gonna be fun. We we actually this will be our third time, our third time doing it. And you know what? I I don't. Um, I'll say this: if there's a group on out there and all that, it's kind of fun. So we we've enjoyed the. Uh, the first couple of ones that we've done, and so we're going to do it again this Sunday, and that's that's how we're going to be spending Valentine's. It's going to be a great weekend for uh, the weather here in the Valley of the Sun. Spring training. I know. It's like, oh, I forgot about spring training. Spring training. Pitchers and catchers are here next week. All the other players get here, and then we'll have to deal with the spring training traffic uh, here in Arizona, and it's kind of funny, you know, we're on in Phoenix, we're on up there in, in Colorado, and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies actually sh- uh, share a uh, spring training facilities over there at Talking Stick, and uh, hopefully the weather will be really good uh, going into next week. It's It's been one of those really interesting last couple of weeks, been really kind of cold during the week, but really nice on the weekends. And this morning, it was quite a bit warmer uh, this morning. And, and it looks like it's going to be, I think, in the 70s uh, for the rest of the weekend. So it's going to be a great Valentine's week. Make sure you let your loved one know. Give them a happy Valentine's Day out there. Uh, you know, and it's funny. I just, you know, I, I like flowers. And I'm so glad my wife is not into flowers. Uh, she's not into flowers, and she hates if I give her chocolate uh, because she'll just eat the whole box. So I kind of luck out on the two things. They just jack those prices way up. You know, I, I think the best time to buy flowers is probably the day after uh, Valentine's Day. But uh, nonetheless, happy Valentine's Day. It's Friday, uh, another rally in the gold markets. I mean, that gold, gold pushing up against 1585. Uh, we had a bunch of economic data out. We had retail sales out. We had manufacturing data out. Uh, we've got updates. You know, got to talk about it, right? Coronavirus. And without anybody knowing, one of the nominations uh, for the central bank, a gal named Judy Shelton, who, by the way, would be a phenomenal. Federal Reserve uh, chief, but uh, just a, a great addition to the central bank. Uh, she faced a huge backlash, huge backlash uh, at the Senate. Uh, you know, they were doing the, uh, you know, the questioning because they got to approve her and all those things. We'll talk about all of those things. Uh, Ramon just uh, texted me, reminder, Monday. Okay, so Monday. The markets are closed. The banks are closed. Uh, Patriot is going to close. Uh, the radio station uh, thirteen or ten ten is closed. Uh, so this show will will replay again on Monday. We'll reopen 
on Tuesday. I'll be in and out of the building on Monday, but Arlene and Wendy are going to be off. Uh, so if, if uh, the answering machine will be on, so if you want to leave a message, and don't forget you can order 24-7. Holiday, not a holiday, open, closed at allamericangold.com. Uh, but Monday, I think it's, uh, what, President's, uh, President's Weekend. And it's so funny that uh, 1010 takes that holiday off. They're so good for them. Remember back, back in the day when you used to take that off? I think we lost, we lost that holiday uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, a lot of the people working out there, you lost it to uh, Martin Luther King or uh, some of them took away Columbus Day. It just depended. Uh, so uh, some people have it off. Some people don't have it off. Uh, but uh, 1010 is going to be closed. The markets are going to be closed. The banks are going to be closed. And I think the post office is closed as well. Uh, and so, therefore, uh, we'll, we will be working a very, very limited schedule on Monday. 800-951-0592 is the toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. And like I said, when we get back, we got a lot of ground to cover. Retail sales, were they good? Were they bad? Uh, this is a January number. Uh, we had manufacturing data, uh, unfortunately, on that, a continuation, uh, uh, not to the good side, Caterpillar. We'll talk about Caterpillar. Here's what's funny with, with Caterpillar. They're talking about sales. And I know that uh, we've been saying, hey, everyone's going to blame coronavirus for this, that, and the other. Uh, this one, uh, not the case, at least not yet. I'm sure they will on their next one. Uh, but a lot of trouble for Caterpillar in North America. And, and I'll tell you why. So we got a great show lined up for you. Uh, it, it's been a, it just a crazy week. Wall Street wanting to ignore the coronavirus. And I don't know, it's starting to get harder and harder to do. They're starting to cancel conferences like in Spain and other places, anywhere where they think Asian, you know, anywhere from the Asian community is going to be there, they're canceling them worldwide. So uh, things continue to get worse. I thought I heard the music. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm hearing things. I could be early with it. There it is. Okay, I thought I did. Okay, Patriot Radio News Hour. Welcome to Friday, baby. We'll be back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So we had two pieces uh, of economic data out, and, and and I like that, right? Let's talk about real stuff, right? And, and coronavirus, real. How big of an impact? Uh, big, uh, really big. Is Wall Street trying to pretend? It's almost like they're trying to pretend that that it's not happening, right? Where they want to wish it away. And I wish they could, right? I mean, let's say I, I wish that was the case. Well, what we're seeing now is the spreading now of Vietnam, the first country outside of China to quarantine uh, a city. Uh, this one's not a big one. Uh, you know, and in the, in, in the, uh, we'd call it a town, I think, about 10,000 people. But these countries that border China, Right, we know, but we don't know. We know that it's in North Korea. We just don't know the extent. Uh, hopefully, not South Korea, right? Because of the 
Hey, the North Koreans, right? They kind of don't go past the uh, what was the twenty six parallel, right? They they don't actually uh, have any cross border action, and uh, they've got the sea there separating uh, China and South Korea. Same thing with Japan, even though Japan's uh, reporting a spike in cases. Singapore, you know, and it's starting to creep here. Uh, we'll have to watch and see if, you know, is, is India going to be affected, uh, Laos, Vietnam, a lot of the stands, right, uh, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, or this stand, Afghanistan, uh, all border China, and then the Russian border, which has been closed uh, for several weeks now, uh, and we'll watch how all of that plays out. We won't really get back into this till Tuesday. Here's, here's some updates, though. Foxconn, and that's the Apple supplier, denied reports out of Reuters that they were reopening their plants. So apparently uh, Foxconn is, is not reopening, uh, and, and, and if they were, I think they would have announced it. Hey, we're opening Monday. Uh, my guess is Foxconn's not going to open in February at all. That's just my guess. I don't know. Uh, but that's probably been the biggest thing, the denial there. And then uh, word out of Shanghai is that uh, the virus is there now and the Chinese are trying not to let it out. We'll have to wait and see. The, somebody unconfirmed reports that uh, 300 people now have been affected in Shanghai and that a person has died from it. Uh, that would be uh, th- that would actually tell you, okay, it's still spreading. Uh, so we'll have to keep our eyes on out on that. But today we had retail sales here in the U.S. and then we had U.S. manufacturing data out today. Uh, let's just we'll start with retail sales. This is the big one. Right. When we talk about the U.S. economy, right, you'll hear it at infinitum. The consumer, the consumer, the consumer, the consumer. And how great the consumer is. And, and here's the realities. If you're at the top, it's real good. Everybody from the, 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 the bottom two-thirds, right, it's tough. But when you sit there and you see... Uh, retail sales, right? They, they, it's the consumer that was keeping this engine going. Business investment's not there. They're not investing, and I told you this. They're not building plants. They're not building factories. Are they, are they buying some software? Yeah, if they can buy software to fire people, then yes. Are they buying software so they can hire people? No. Right, business isn't spending; it's been the well, the consumer and the federal government. Right, they've been spending. Uh, the The consumer slowed in Q four. Right, we saw the consumer slow in Q four. Uh, the January retail sales number, the headline number, was in line. They were hoping for an increase of three tenths, which that's not a big increase. Right, consumer, you know, you we're seeing consumer spending up three, four, five percent early last year, and really early to mid last year. Uh, it closed out at, at below two percent in the fourth quarter. They were hoping for three tenths. The headline gave them that. The problem was that that's not what the Federal Reserve 
uses for GDP. They have this thing called the control group. And they have them in all of these reports. Why don't you just report that number then? Right? Let's get away. You know, and again, they don't want to use real numbers. And this is my point. And I try to make it to you over and over and over and over again. They're trying to, to financialize all of the data. And see, we're just too dumb to know. Right? We all know it. We are poorer today than we were 40 years ago. It's easy to see. Right? Look at home ownership. People can't, we, we continue to lose homeowners. Right? The American dream, the house, the picket fence, a couple of kids, a dog. 40% of the country can't afford to own home. We can't even get millennials out of this, this stinking house. So December, or I mean January's number up three-tenths, the control group number. The control group number, which the Fed uses for D GDP, was zero. The control group number was zero. So the consumer wasn't, didn't show up in, in January. One of the big hits, clothing, uh, this whole, oh, it's been warm, and, and uh, apparently when it's warm, we don't buy clothes. Uh, I, I don't know about that. But, but neither here nor there, uh, more bad news on the retail side of things, right? So get ready, more closures are coming. But we knew that, right? Most of these retailers... Uh, were zombie companies that the only reason why they've been in business for the last 10 years is because they were able to refinance debt. That was all they were able to do. Uh, by the way, Kraft Heinz today. Kraft Heinz downgraded to junk. But, hey, junk rates are so cheap it really doesn't matter. So retail sales was not what they were hoping for. Then we got the manufacturing data. And, and we got a really – by the way, uh, Germany – Horrible numbers out of Germany. Uh, fourth quarter GDP in Germany, zero. Uh, so get ready. Uh, looks like this great economic, you know, we keep, we're supposed to have this great recovery and all this stuff. I just don't get it, right? And, and so Europe's not bouncing back. If anything, Europe's getting worse. Uh, and then we had uh, U.S. industrial production out today. Uh, they were hoping that it was only going to drop two-tenths. It dropped three-tenths. By the way, it is one, two, three, four, five uh, drops out of the last seven months. And if you go back over the last 12 months, uh, it looks like nine out of the last 12 months, industrial production has been falling. Utilities were down 4% after falling 6.2% in, in December. This is the, the warm weather uh, mining, they said, was up. Manufacturing down again. Uh, manufacturing, I, I don't know. I, I just sit there. I keep looking at these numbers, and, and I don't understand how they can tell us that everything's going to be wonderful. By the way, capacity utilization. And this one's an important number, right? So when you have factories, right, hey, we can run. Here's the most we can do, right? We can make... X amount of cars at this plant, right? And then let's just, you know, hey, we make 10,000 cars. Well, if you make 10,000 cars, you're at 100% utilization. Hey, we're at the max. I can't make any more. 
right? And, and anything less than that, right, you have uh, those issues. We like to see capacity utilization somewhere in the 80s, right? Because that way, hey, you want a little room, just to okay, I got a little room to grow. But by and large, uh, I'm in a facility that meets my, my needs. Capacity utilization uh, fell, and it's been falling, down to 768 uh, that's actually the lowest read going back to uh, 2017, uh, 76.8 on the capacity utilization. And I think of all, uh, when I look at manufacturing, that's the thing that worries me the most, right, which is now, hey, we've got a lot more spare capacity because that just tells me more layoffs are coming, right? If you're, if you're uh, up in the eight, you know, 80, 82, 84, 85, at least, hey, the layoffs aren't coming, uh, but capacity utilization. I wonder how Boeing plays in there, right? Because their capacity utilization, what are they down to? Ten percent, twenty percent? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure they, they've got a way to mitigate that. But those were the, the, the big pieces of economic data out of the U.S. Right? We had retail sales, which really disappointed, especially in the control group. And then, and, and then uh, industrial production down again, and, and we've seen this trend, uh, but it was the capacity utilization number uh, that really stuck out there. So when you look at all these things, factor in what Germany said, factor in what's, again, the coronavirus continuing to grow, continuing to spread this thing, obviously a lot worse than what they were hoping for. Uh, and, and we'll have to wait and see if, if it gets bigger. The World Health Organization was out with a big warning. The CDC, which we haven't heard anything from them, they came out and said, hey, listen, this thing's going to be around longer than we think. And they are not convinced that it's not going uh, to continue to spread. If it really breaks out of China and we see uh, this thing really start to spread, uh, that's not good news, right? Obviously, it's not good news. And again, I keep hoping, and I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but they keep saying that once the weather gets warmer, uh, that this thing will get better. But yet every report I keep telling you says how warm the weather's been. So which one is it, right? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so the CDC says that it is going – whoa. Okay, uh, got an update on that. So here's uh, the the coronavirus sweeping through China like wildfire will gain a foothold in the United States, becoming a uh, community virus this year or next. According to the CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield. So this year or next, we don't know a lot about the virus. He said, remember, China won't even let them over there. Uh, the virus is probably with us beyond this season, beyond this year. Right now, we're in an aggressive containment no, uh, mode. Aggressive contain, containment mode. Here's the thing. This is what I right, another vaccine coming. Right. Another one of these uh, mandatory uh, vaccines when they're going to be pumping who knows what into our bodies. Uh, and, and let's just I, I hope he's wrong. Uh, but that was out that that's just coming out. Uh, the CDC, who we haven't heard a lot from, uh, saying that coronavirus is going to get to the U.S. 
whether it's this year or next year. Uh, and so I'm making the assumption uh, that uh, they're going to try to force another vaccine down us. Uh, and who knows what the ramifications of that may be. 800-951-0592. When we get back, I'm going to talk about Judy Shelton and why everybody is so scared of her. She is the no- one of the nominees to be appointed to the Federal Reserve. Uh, we'll talk about that. Today, it's Friday. Uh, we've been running this fantastic special uh, that we, we had won through the courts on U.S. $20 and $10 liberties. Uh, we're at the very end of it. You guys did great. I, I couldn't be more happy with the sales. Uh, it's always nerve-wracking when you make a large uh, purchase like this, and you, we're counting on you guys to help us get through it, and you guys have totally done that in spades. I've got let me the, the, just the, the remnants. I got 25 20s at 1600 I got 15 10s at 800 and then that's it. We will have nothing left on it. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, has been a lion in the U.S. Senate despite being its youngest member and in his rookie year. His landslide victory over the entrenched liberal favorite Claire McCaskill was the biggest conservative win of the midterm 2018 elections. Hawley earned a coveted seat on the Senate Judiciary Committee and quickly became its strongest member. Rather than rubber stamp nominations as his colleagues had been doing, Senator Hawley went to work. He blocked the confirmation of a liberal nominated to the federal bench, despite intense pressure to stand down. Michael Bogren had been nominated for a lifetime position in the Western District of Michigan, despite comparing religious liberty by a Catholic farmer to the views of the KKK. Other Senate Republicans seemed just fine with this nomination, even after Bogren aggressively defended his extreme view under questioning by Senator Hawley during a Judiciary Committee hearing. But Hawley didn't back down. Once he led on this, other Republicans felt compelled to follow. Bogren ultimately withdrew, letting Hawley set the precedent that similar future nominees will not be confirmed. Too many nominees by President Reagan and the two Bushes sailed through the U.S. Senate despite being closeted liberals. Democrat candidates for president should take note also. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg was nominated for the Supreme Court, despite a track record of supporting abortion and even opposing laws against statutory rape of underage girls, Republicans failed to ask her a single meaningful question and voted almost unanimously for her. Josh Hawley also took on big tech when other senators were afraid to do so. He sponsored legislation against censorship by Internet giants, which exclude or marginalize conservative speech. Hawley promoted the America First agenda of Donald Trump, while other Republican senators wasted their time and hours by talking about impeachment. In one of the finest speeches of the year, Hawley declared that we should adopt pro-America policies and reject the failed globalism approach of the past. For candidates running in this year's election, take note. If you listen to the people instead of the creatures of the swamp, you'll be rewarded with the loyalty of voters who decide the real winners in American politics. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As President Trump fulfills his campaign promises, his accomplishments on trade, immigration, the economy, and protecting the unborn should be celebrated, not ignored or diminished. To track these victories, go to phyllisschlafly.com and find out what's next for the Trump presidency at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, 800 951 Gold's up 6, 7, 15, 83. $20 Liberties, $17 over spot. Uh, got two lines open here. Uh, and this is it. So, you know, I'm just looking here at, at, at our sheet right now. 1660 is where the price will be after we sell out uh, eight forty five on the ten dollar lib. So you got uh, ten dollar libs at eight hundred. We only had fifteen of those left, uh, and then we only had twenty five of the twenty dollar gold pieces left at sixteen hundred eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Gold has hit new all time highs in the euro today. Uh, new all-time highs against the yen today. It's just a matter of time. It's going to be new all-time high against the dollar. And it's so funny, right? You know, all of this is happening, and, and you see it all over the world, right? Australia. Uh, how about, uh, what is it, Turkey, where gold prices are, gold demand exploding globally. And Judy Shelton who the president had nominated to fill the, one of the vacancies at the Federal Reserve, uh, was testifying with the, in front of the uh, banking committee and the finance committee and, and the Democrats, you know, because she's a Trump nominee, so the Democrats are going to be a bunch of jerks. But, you know, everybody wants you to believe that this woman is crazy. Right? Because... When they go and they they start asking questions, and you hear the central banks, the Phillips curve is broken. Phillips curve about employment and wages is broken. You you hear them, uh, like I said, financialize everything, right, and try to... uh, Prove how smart they are. They change the way they calculate empl- unemployment. They, which, by the way, is why the Phillips curve is broke. Right? If you calculated unemployment the way unemployment was meant to be calculated back when Phillips created the curve, you'd be like, yeah, you're right. There's not that much wage pressure outside of people raising the minimum wage uh, because real unemployment, the way they used to track it, is still almost 7%. That's a fact. I didn't make it up. They just simply changed the equation. Inflation. 
And, and let me ask you people, all of you out there that are uh, collecting your Social Security check, why, where are you people? Right? You should be up in the AR, AARP and, and you know, I, I, I think, think about like Red for Red, right? And the teachers were striking at the Capitol and, and they're mad at the governor and then and the state, uh, you know, whether it's Arizona, color, pick a state. They're all mad. We want more money. You're all striking at the wrong place. So Judy Shelton, a productivity, remember, it's the product. Activity miracle, singing for decades, dare I say almost two centuries, the United States was prosperous. In other words, you lived better than your parents. And it really wasn't that close. I mean, there, it wasn't even debatable. Every generation lived better than their parents by a large margin. My generation, so I look at me and Eric, we're two different generations. Eric was the tail end of the boomers, right? And I'm a Gen Xer. So Eric and I are about 11 years apart. 11 years is, is, isn't that long, but think about how it's changed. When Eric was in high school, it was very common to live on your own before you graduated high school. Or as soon as you graduated, you're gone. I mean, that was just how it was. Get out. And, and believe me, most people, they wanted out, and you could get a job any job and be able to move out. My generation, it got a little worse because it was like, yeah, you got, you know, college, right? This was, everyone needed to be educated. That's, that's kind of the generation I lived. You got to be educated. But even me, you know what? I, I moved out of my parents' house at 17. Just how it was. And and uh, all of my brothers, every one of my brothers, when they got home from college, they, you know, most of them didn't even come home, right? Hey, I got a job and it's in this city and boom, you're gone. You, and you didn't come back. Nobody borrowed my, I didn't call my mommy at, at 20, 22, 25, 30 years old, and say, Mommy, can you lend me some money? I, that didn't happen. Didn't need to happen. Think about what we've accomplished. And, I, and I'll bring up Charlie Munger from yesterday when he told you, yeah, better look out. We've seen the best of the technology productivity miracle. We all walk around with a computer in our pocket. This thing, I mean, obviously, think about all the spying and everything else, but think about what it can do. It's incredible, right? I, only any of us uh, can imagine. I mean, I remember when Atari came out. That's how old I am, right? Atari. Right? <laughs> and, and what we have today, it's, it's amazing. But yet we're poorer. 
we're not going to live better than our parents. Think about it. The millennials now, the peak millennial is 30. And over a third of them still live with their parents. And think about the ones that don't. Another third of them don't live with their parents, but their parents help them so they don't have to live with their parents. See what I'm saying? And so Judy Shelton, she's out there, and she's telling anybody that will listen, yeah, we went off the gold standard, right? Quit trying to think I'm a crazy person. Hello? When did this start it when did this start happening? We went off the gold standard. You, they financialized everything. Right? They try to come out and explain why it is that it's not their fault. And yet here she is being crucified because she has the guts to tell them you you backed the wrong horse. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Down to, I think we got five or six ten dollar liberties left uh, at eight hundred eighteen. $20 pieces left at $1,600. Uh, and, I, and I know we've been putting limits on them all week. Uh, this is the last day. Uh, buy what you want. If you want to buy them all, buy them all. If you want to buy uh, one, buy one. 800-951-0592. Arlene's on the phone right now. we got two lines open. Uh, just be patient. If you're on hold, uh, bear with us. So here's Judy Shelton, Right? Being crucified. Matter of fact, people want Trump to pull her nomination because she's she doesn't buy the BS. You know, because all of the all of these economists want to tell you, well, you know, uh, it's the American labor union's fault, or China saves too much, or it's the aging population uh, that's depressing productivity growth, or it's the trade war, or it's the coronavirus, or it's this, or it's that. You know, we had all of those things. We had those things in the 1700s and the 1800s and the 1900s. We still lived better. And that's exactly... Uh, what Judy Shelton was saying, great op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, and I want to give credit. Uh, Joseph Sternberg uh, laid it out. If you if you get the journal, uh, check it out uh, because she was. I thought she was great. And you're not going to hear that from other people, but she's not afraid to point out it's ridiculous. All of this theory. Uh, that, you know, for sagging productivity growth theory uh, of why it is that we're not going to be living better than our parents. And, and, and it firmly lays at the feet of the central bank. And she's at, it's, of course it is. Because think about it. Think about the nonsense of excuses. They act like, wait, we didn't have those things before? You know the one thing we didn't have on the gold say You didn't have inflation. 
They're right about that. Right? And now that they lie about it, see, if they didn't lie about it, it would make sense to everybody why it is that we aren't going to live better than our parents. Right? Hey, I don't know what it cost to go to Disneyland in 1971, but my guess is it was probably like 10 bucks. $200. She's been warning, by the way, this isn't new. She's not like, well, I'm just coming out with this. For decades, that exchange rate chaos and chronic domestic mispricing of capital by central banks. How long have I been telling you about the central bank ruining the ability to price risk? Did you? I don't know if you saw it. I got to tell you, the 30-year note. We had a 30-year note auction yesterday. You know, because every every day we, we sell this debt. Got to sell the debt. Sell the debt. Sell, 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 sell. The lowest rate on a 30-year note ever. Think about this. Lower than the Great Depression. I don't even know if we had a 30-year note then, so don't quote me on that one. Lower than uh, the crash of 87. Lower than when we had the dot-com bubble blow up. Lower than the Great Recession. That's not good. Right? What is the when when the bond yields go lower, right? The ten year note can't even get above one six. It means the bond market is saying something's not right. And what Judy Shelton is saying is, yeah, these idiots broke it. They just are trying to come up with all these excuses as to why it isn't broke. And she's trying to get people to wake up. She's, you know, and she, she talked about uh, everyone in an economic consumer saver investment managing uh, constant pricing, both do domestically and internationally, need to make the decisions that will try to lead to more productive investments. And you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute. We don't want more productive investments. We just want to be able to what? If you want to borrow my money, reward me for that privilege, which we used to do in this country. I mean, that was really the only reason why you gave money to the bank. Because right, they're going to pay you 5 6 7% interest for letting you borrow the money. So she's been warning for decades about the chaos that was going to come. The evidence is everywhere. Global monetary instability. What did I do? German yields back to negative four-tenths of a percent. You don't want to hold gold. It doesn't pay interest. Maybe that's why gold's at all-time highs in euros today, because guess what? Well, gold may not pay interest, but at least it doesn't whack me on the interest. And, and she she's talking about uh, 1971 going off 
uh, the gold standard, the increasing financialization of gross domestic product. Essentially saying these bankers are lying to you. And kind of like the Chinese did with the coronavirus, we do the same thing. We do the exact same thing when it comes to the, to the banks. They have so much power and influence on Washington. Shame on you, Judy Shelton, to come in here and tell us that they're lying. You're the one. You're crazy. Patriot Radio News Hour. Maybe the smartest person in the room. It's not me. Maybe Judy Shelton, though. Final segment on the Friday coming up. Final segment here on this Friday. Uh, Gold's $1,583. The tail end of uh, the specials that we've been running all week. The U.S. $20 Liberty. Uh, Whatever's left. I, I don't even know how many are left. Whatever's left. Uh, at sixteen hundred, it's right seventeen bucks over spot. Uh, the ten dollar liberties, if there's any left, uh, at eight hundred, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And we were talking about uh, Judy Shelton, and man, she made so many great points. She's talked about how they've uh, financialized gross domestic product. And how unhealthy, because of the growing size and profitability of the financial sector, comes at the expense of the rest of the economy and increases income inequality. It's pretty simple. You're like, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, not to Congress it doesn't. No, not to the other central bank. They don't want to hear that at all. They want you to believe if it wasn't for these great bankers, it'd be how bad it would be. You know, they want to they want you to forget history. Now forget about when we paid off the debt, right? Forget that. When did we pay off the debt? Right after we got rid of the central bank. You know, this is the third central bank we've had in this country. The other two lasted 20 years. They got rid of them because they knew this is nonsense. And the banks had to get more power, more power, more power, right? Marry into Congress and, and, and get in and buy off elected officials. It's how it happened. It's not what you're going to read in your history book, but that's exactly how it happened. Don't believe me? Go get Creature from Jekyll Island. Read that. Educate yourself. The kind of economic growth that increases living standards across all income levels occurs under conditions of monetary and financial stability. Last time we had that. Look at these rates. Look at the Fed and the repo markets and and talking about quantitative easing and negative rates. It's absolute insanity. And we've had at least, this is the first nominee that I've seen that at least is willing to lay the blame where it belongs. Uh, Is she going to get it? No, I don't think. She probably has no chance. That's my guess. Uh, But I wanted to point it out to you. It did happen. 
It did happen. Somebody came in front of Congress and told them the freaking truth. And you know what? They treated her like a pariah. Right? They treated her like, oh, you just, you're crazy. You're one of those whack jobs. Right? You must be a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist or something to that effect. And that's how they want to do it. But listen, it's coming. You know it's coming. Uh, gold's telling you it's coming. Right, new all-time record highs today in yen and euros, and and really across the board, uh, the dollar uh, is going to be it's going to be the last domino to fall, uh, but but it's going to fall. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. Hey, listen, happy Valentine's Day out there to everybody. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We'll be back on Tuesday.